Football or reality TV? The lines between the two seem to blur as the days go by. Between the poor display of one-sided games, the drama, and the few teams that have actually made this season worth watching, we talk about all of the above tonight on Beyond the Blitz. Welcome back, everyone. The Blitz crew back at it, like always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and joining us today for the very first time is our special guest, Morgan Pangle. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, Morgan? Yeah, um, so as Brandon mentioned, yeah, my name is Morgan Pangle. I am a history major um, at Bridgewater College, um, and I have been a Buccaneers fan for quite some time. Uh, glad to be on today, guys. Thank you for having me on. First segment we got to talk about today is probably the most trending thing going on in the league right now, and that was something that broke out at the very end of the Steelers-Browns game last Thursday night, and that was the big brawl that broke out, which ended in Miles Darrett hitting quarterback Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet, and we have some of the little details going on here. Miles Darrett today um, went through the appeal process for his indefinite suspension, on the grounds of a 2013 game, in, which included Antonio Smith swinging his helmet at big boy Richie Incognito, and he was only suspended for two preseason games. There was no flag thrown on that play, by the way, back in 2013. And that's Miles Garrett's proof right here, is that if you only suspended him two games for the same thing I did, I should not be suspended indefinitely. That's what he's trying to say here. My argument with this is... Richie Incognito is a big boy who can take care of himself. There's no secret about the kind of player Incognito was. And whatever happened there, Mason Rudolph, not really the same. This is the same situation as if you're a high school football player and you have a peewee player coming at you and then you feel threatened by him and then take a blunt object and hit him with it. That's the difference in this situation if you ask me. And I think that Miles Garrett's uh, appeal should not go through. What do you guys think? I think his appeal also shouldn't go through. I think they got it wrong with the Richie Incognito situation. He should have been suspended at least half the season. During that, the NFL definitely got it right. Uh, it should be half a season that he is suspended. I mean, he's suspended the rest of the season. We have no idea what's going to happen next season with Miles Garrett. You can't hit another player that's defenseless with a helmet. I mean, players get suspended for hitting players that are defenseless in the head. And that's just with your forearms, nonetheless, with an actual helmet. So, yes, I understand that he feels bad about it, and the Browns are backing him 100%. I appreciate that the Browns are backing him 100%. This is the first time he's done something like this, even though he has gotten fined for a couple of hits he's made. But I think this is the right thing to do for the NFL. They should deny the appeal. I think if you ask me, this is a complete and utter breakdown of what is wrong with the NFL's offices. You have Marquise Ponce, who is trying to appeal his three-game suspension for curb-stomping Miles Garrett. And then Larry Ogunjobi, one-week suspension for also being in the fight, and his fine was just rescinded. And Mason Rudolph, who initiated the fight, might I say, got a stern talking to. $35,000 fine, which is like change in your purse. It's absolutely nothing. And I think that is ridiculous, and the NFL needs to get their disciplinary acts together. The argument that Garrett is talking about is the Antonio Smith situation. Like, well, if this happened, this should happen. And what we've seen in the past, 
with different things. The NFL is not consistent with their discipline. Tom Brady suspended for proof they didn't have. Ezekiel Elliott suspended for proof they didn't have. For a very long time, Miles Garrett has proof on the field a flag was thrown on the play, a flag was not thrown in the case of Antonio Smith. This suspension shouldn't be based off something that happened in the past. Times are always changing, and I think the NFL has a lot to look at with changing their policies. Yeah, and um, I understand where Miles Garrett's coming from uh, wanting to get this appeal. Obviously, he's a talented football player, and he wants to be back on the field. Um, but as Justin stated, that's just an, it's an uncalled-for action. You cannot hit another player with a helmet that is violent, and that's the type of violence that it's not allowed in the NFL today. I don't know why Miles Garrett is appealing a hit on a quarterback. Um, a hit on a quarterback during a game is thrown for uh, roughing the passer, so a hit on a quarterback outside the game is not going to fare any better and actually much worse. In today's NFL, Miles Garrett should have expected um, an indefinite suspension and should most likely expect to be out for an extended period of time. I just have one more point I want to bring up before we have to move on here is that head coach Freddie Kitchens of the Cleveland Browns uh, said in an interview today that he supports Miles Garrett through this process, which if I were them, he would have already been cut. No way he would still be on my roster. Same with Mason Rudolph. I wouldn't cut the man. I would bench the man. I think the Steelers should show a little bit of morality here, especially because he threw four picks that game. Mason Rudolph, you've been saying it all week, Justin. Mason Rudolph is not your quarterback uh, for the Steelers, and they should bench Rudolph for the rest of the season and start Hodges. What more can go wrong? So that's really all I have more to say about that. So we have to move on to our next subject. We're kind of keeping on the drama train right here. And what's everybody's favorite NFL drama topic if we're not talking about Colin Kaepernick? Am I right? So, as most people probably know, Colin Kaepernick held a private workout in Atlanta this past weekend where NFL teams came and they watched him pretty much just throw balls to receivers. Uh, at first, the NFL was going to supply their own receivers. He wouldn't know who they are, and then he threw a big fit about that, and he got to pick his own receivers, some really big names coming out there because that's who he is. Hugh Jackson, former head coach of the Browns, was personally training him, showing him, this is what we expect of you, this is how you should prepare. And he pretty much demanded that there were cameras there. Well, he got to the venue. They wouldn't allow the media and no live cameras. Uh, but he had more than, he had about half of the lead scouts coming to see him on his workout. Last minute, at the very last minute, he got through a big hissy fit because he couldn't get the cameras in and then changed venues to across town. I think it was about an hour, hour and a half or so away, 60 miles away from Atlanta, which... Also, the Atlanta Falcons were supplying him stuff because they were hosting his workout because he was around the area. That's where he was having it, so the Falcons opened him out. Gave him everything he wanted. When he switched venues, the Falcons were like, all right, we're done with you. Didn't attend anything. Lost half their team. Hugh Jackson left, boarded a plane, flew somewhere else because a lot of drama going on with Kaepernick. He came out, cameras of him throwing balls to receivers and, and no pressure. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't think it was fruitful. I mean, I haven't heard anything since then. Also, I believe his workout was on a Saturday, and that also isn't fruitful. If you are planning to do a workout, it has to be during the week. You can't do it a Saturday before Sunday's games. Also, I believe that these were scouts that were coming out. Why would you have scouts coming to see a player that hasn't played for two years when you can go to colleges and see some new fresh blood come in possibly in this draft. I think that was just bad timing from Kaepernick, bad timing from the NFL. In my opinion, I think it was just the NFL trying to offer a peace offering to Colin Kaepernick throughout all this. Yeah, this entire situation, um, it could have gone a whole lot better. Um, when the news first came out of Colin Kaepernick's workouts, uh, fans of teams that 
are in need of a quarterback. We're very excited. They said, uh, oh, Colin Kaepernick's coming back. Um, he's going to impress the workout. Our GM's going to pick him up, and he's going to save our franchise. Um, but none of that happened. Nothing that Colin Kaepernick or the NFL did really represented any type of um, professional execution by either one of their parts. Colin Kaepernick threw some hissy fits, as Brandon said, um, and had some difficulties working with the NFL and setting up what he wanted to do. Uh, didn't show professionalism or maturity for him as a player, not what GMs or scouts or coaches look for in the NFL. And like Justin said, this was just a peace offering by the NFL. The NFL doesn't have any intention of bringing Colin Kaepernick back. I don't think the NFL wants that type of attention that they've been getting for quite some time um, that has divulged into uh, more serious political issues. But I think this was, like Justin said, a peace offering so that the NFL and Colin Kaepernick wouldn't be feuding. But... This is not. This was not a fruitful experience for either um, party, and it just ended up in a bigger mess than it was before. The question here now is: Does Colin Kaepernick even want to play with the way that he went about this? Is he just doing all of this just for the recognition, for the endorsements, for the money himself? What, what is he even doing for a job right now? Does anybody know? I have no idea. The one thing is, I feel like everybody, like Morgan said, this was way overhyped, and. If you are a team, I could possibly see him coming on as a backup. But if you're a team like the Steelers or the Bears who you need a quarterback, I would not consider Colin Kaepernick as a savior for your season. Absolutely. And to put it like Jerry Jones said earlier today, it was a circus. Colin Kaepernick and the whole situation is a circus and you should stay away from him. Now we got to move on to regular Beyond the Blitz stuff. Like always, now we have to go over our Week 11 recap. So we're going a little bit away from the drama now as in the intro. We're going more towards the football part. And what a season this has been. In my opinion, it's been one of the more on the boring side if we look at past NFL seasons. And for good reason. A lot of one-sided games here. Not a lot to talk about, honestly. No close games here except for maybe one or two. But we're going to get right into it. So, Justin, let's hear what we got. All right, Week 11 recap. Browns beat the Steelers 21-7. We already talked about this a little bit, so we're just going to go to the next game. Jets beat the Redskins 34-17. Sam Darnold wasn't seeing ghosts today. And then we got the Colts beating the Jaguars 33-13. This team plays as well as Brissett plays. I think that we've seen that they lost to the Dolphins. They came out and they beat the Jaguars. And then we got my AFC East champions coming in. The Bills get the win 37-20 against the Dolphins. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. Most points the Bills have put up all season. Is it a sign of something, or is it just Miami? We'll see. And Dak continuing his impressive season with the Cowboys, 35-27, to the win over the Lions. Dak Prescott now leading the NFL in passing yards. And now here's one we're going to talk about, not because of the score, but because of just the slaughter that happened in this game that nobody expected. The Ravens demolishing the Texans 41-7. to What do you guys think? This is a statement game for me. I haven't been quiet on this show about my inquiries about Lamar Jackson. Didn't think that he was going to live up to the hype, and boy, can I proudly say I was wrong. This kid right now is undoubtedly leading the MVP conversation last time we were on this show. We were talking about Russell Wilson. Now we're talking about a different man, and that's Lamar Jackson. 41 points against Houston. Houston hasn't been a bad team, and now... I don't think there's a question in my mind. The AFC South is the worst division in football. Houston is the best team of that division, and they lost 41-7 to to a real contender. 
Uh, yeah, no doubt about that. Lamar Jackson really proved himself um, on Sunday. Uh, I know he released a statement at the beginning of the season saying he, that he wasn't the running back, and that was the response to um, a lot of offseason talk about how Lamar Jackson's rookie season made him look as a quarterback that relied strictly on a powerful run game. Um, that obviously motivated him. He's come back this season full force. He's come back throwing to receivers uh, like Marquise Brown with deep balls downfield that play, people said that he couldn't do. Um, he's coming back running an NFL-style offense that other people thought that he couldn't do. They thought that he was a one-dimensional running quarterback. He's drawn more connections to Mike Vick, and some NFL analysts have even said that he's already better um, than the great dual-threat quarterback. So I'm not exactly sure uh, what the, the rest of the season is going to look like, but I can tell you that the Ravens right now are possibly the hottest team in football, and they can thank that from Lamar Jackson. Speaking of Michael Vick, we're going to talk about one of the teams he used to play for, the Falcons, getting the 29-3 win over the Panthers. One point away from that famous scoreline. <laughs> yeah, one point away, one point away. And then we go to the Saints beating up on the Buccaneers 34-17. to Good bounce back game for the Saints. After getting destroyed by the Falcons a week prior, the Saints came back and proved that they are who we thought they were. They're a good team. And the Vikings, down 20 points at the half, come back against the Broncos 27-23. to Broke a 99-game streak where a team was down 20 to nothing at halftime and won the game. It's been 99 games that's happened where that team has lost. Vikings broke that by winning Kirk Cousins. Looking good. He's silencing some doubters out there. 49ers getting the close win over the Cardinals, even though the score might not say that, 36-26. What do you guys think? I think it's a divisional game. That's all I have to say. 49ers are a good team. Cardinals put up a battle. Uh, NFC West, you never you never really know what you're going to get. Yeah, I think after Tampa Bay beat the Cardinals uh, the week prior, I really didn't see the Cardinals um, coming into this game and doing anything. It's the 49ers. I thought that if they lost against a bad Tampa Bay defense that they would get demolished by um, a good 49ers defense. And they, they proved me wrong when they was 16-7. to And um, Kyler Murray has really impressed me so far this season. Um, the Cards put up a good fight. Kingsbury's doing a great job with the talent that he has around him. Um, and it was a lot closer game than I thought it was going to be. And then we got the Patriots defeating the Eagles 17-10. Two teams that came off the bye and two teams that cannot put up any points this season. The Patriots won this game. They're looking like one of the better teams in the NFL right now. But they have to figure out their offense. I think this is the first time we could ever say that the Patriots have nothing on offense. With Tom Brady, a quarterback, you expect a little bit more out of that. And then we got the Raiders coming in and beating the winless Bengals 17-10. Sneaky team. Watch the Raiders in the playoff racket coming in late in the season. Sneaky team coming in. And then we have two teams that were looking for a playoff bid. I think the Bears are definitely eliminated from the playoffs because of this game. The Rams get the win 17-7. Is Mitch Trubisky injured or not? <laughs> and then we got the Chiefs beating the Chargers 24-17 to on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs came out and they did their work. The Chargers put up a battle and Phillip Rivers needs to retire. <laughs> All right, and now we're going to give it to Brandon, and we're going to do our usual hot takes. As he put it, it's time for hot takes. So today we're going to do a little bit of an interesting. We're going to play a little game. Justin, in his hat, he has some pieces of paper. You'll probably hear it rattling around. And on it are eight teams written down, and we are going to randomly pull a team out of the hat, and we have to make a case on why this team can make the playoffs. We have to argue for this team. So in it are eight teams that are not in the playoffs right now. So if the season ends today, they just be out of it and teams that still have a chance. So Justin, let's give it to uh, Morgan here for the first pick, our guest. Who we got? 
Okay, the first team uh, is the Jaguars. And if we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I really think we're talking about a team that's got a Super Bowl MVP at quarterback. Um, and you're thinking to yourself, uh, Nick Foles, um, Super Bowl MVP? Yes, if you recall, he uh, caught a touchdown pass <laughs> in the Super Bowl um, that the greatest of all time quarterback did not. So when you have a Super Bowl MVP quarterback leading a team, I think they can make it to the playoffs. Like Brandon said earlier, the AFC South is atrocious. The Titans benched Marcus Mariota. That just shows that they're not a very good team. The Colts play as good as Brissett does. If Brissett is out, the Colts don't play well. And the Texans just got slaughtered by the Ravens. I think the Jaguars, they have two or three um, game winning streak. They could easily win this division to make the playoffs with Nick Foles at the helm. Um, that man can make some magic, and he's just got that big Nick energy. All right, my turn. I just pulled one from the hat. Let's see what we got. The Carolina Panthers. Why the Panthers will make the Super Bowl, and that is because Kyle Allen just had a bad game. Kyle Allen's okay. I think he's the quarterback for this team. C-Mac, uh, if we're getting rid of Lamar Jackson, he is the NFL MVP, lighting it up. Didn't score a touchdown last week. Still scored 35 points in fantasy. This guy does say something. Uh, this defense is okay with Luke Keekley at the helm. Anything can happen. Uh, they're in a wide-open division still. Uh, they're right just behind a couple games behind the Saints. Their schedule remaining isn't that hard, and they are a sneaky team that could get into the sixth spot. They were chilling there for a little bit earlier in the season. I think they can make it back. All right, so I got the Steelers right here, and let's just look at the rest of their schedule right now. I think they have one of the easiest schedules going on for the rest of the season, except for maybe a couple of teams. They play the Bengals this week. And then they play the Browns the week after. I know they had the loss against the Browns, but this is at home. This game against the Browns is a revenge game because of what Miles Garrett did. I know that Mason Rudolph hasn't been the best quarterback this season. But honestly, what do they need to do? Get James Conner back? Start ground and pound. That is what's going to win them these games. Run some play action. And then Rudolph, just throw it deep. You have Deontay Johnson who can run deep. And then you just go with those mid-level passes as well. And then you got the Cardinals, who they did give the 49ers a fight, but I think they can beat Arizona. Then they have the Bills at home. That defense is enough to beat up on Josh Allen. I know I said they could be AFC East champions, but I think during this game, the Steelers could get the win. Then they got an easy win against the Jets. And then end of the season, they play the Ravens. That defense is one of the only defenses that has held Lamar Jackson. They could do it again. I think they could get the playoff just because of how weak the rest of these AFC teams are. All right, and for my next team, let's see who we get. Hoping for the Bengals. Bengals aren't an option. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for my second team. Oh, I got the Oakland Raiders. Uh, all right, let me tell you about the Raiders. John Gruden is one of the greatest coaches to ever grace the NFL. Um, whether you want to admit that or not, he has taken this talentless Raiders team to a pretty decent record and second place in the AFC West. The Raiders, I think, could easily make the playoffs because of this thrown-up wild-card spot in the AFC. Um, this spot could be available to the Steelers. It could be available to the Chargers, potentially. It could be available to the Texans, the Colts, whoever doesn't win that division. And it could be available to the Bills, who will not be the NFC East champions. AFC champions, and I think the Raiders um, are better than most of these teams. I think Derek Carr has, has been really solid this season. He's been a great gunslinger. I think John Gruden has that playoff experience. He's won a Super Bowl, and I think he can take this Raiders team to the top. All right, I got a team coming up here that I've been very high on most of the season and kind of proven me wrong as of late, but my team is the L.A. Rams. 
The Rams are a team that lost the Super Bowl last year and haven't quite recovered. They have a lot of the same team. They have the best defensive player in football. They still have Todd Gurley. Where is Todd Gurley? Use this man more. I know he's have arthritis issues, but use this man more. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Use this man more. You have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in your backfield. Use your receivers more. I don't think that Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. Just get this man going a little bit. Give him some coaching. Sean McVay's a good coach. What's wrong with the Rams? I don't know what's wrong with the Rams. The Rams don't even know what's wrong with the Rams. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to figure out. They're going to start using their talent. They're going to listen to me and they're going to be really realize, be like, oh, wait, we do have Robert Woodson Cooper Cup. We do have Todd Gurley. Let's use them more. So you're welcome, Sean McVay. I just saved you a playoff run. So I got the Browns here, and here's why the Browns are going to make the playoffs. You just beat a pretty good Steelers defense. You scored three touchdowns against them. Baker Mayfield looking like the Baker Mayfield that he was last year. And let's just look at the rest of the schedule. After this, you have the Dolphins. Easy win. Then you play the Steelers again, who you just beat. I know it's in Pittsburgh, but you figure them out a little bit. All you got to do is get to that with your pass rush. I know you don't have Miles Garrett, but you, you can dig in the well a little bit. They do have a little bit that they've gotten from past drafts and from free agency. They have Olivier Vernon. I think they can get there. Then after that, you got the easy Bengals and then the Cardinals. And then you got the Ravens, who you demolished the last time you played them. And that was in Baltimore. You're at home here. And again, like I said with the Steelers, they were one of the teams that bottled up Lamar Jackson. I think they could do it again. And then you end the season with the Bengals. I said the Steelers have one of the easiest schedules going out the end of the season. The Browns, I can say the same exact thing. The Browns might have a chance to win out and make the playoff. Absolutely not. Since we have an odd number of teams, we didn't get to the Titans and the Eagles, so I guess fate calls it, they're not making the playoffs. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on, now we have our next segment. As always, Justin, you know what to do. Take us away. Let's go. Week 12 predictions. And just want to give an update for you guys. So we don't know how Brandon or myself has done this season. Let's just give some records. So Brandon, this season is 60 and 41 this year, and I'm 57 and 44. So not bad from either of us. I mean, we both have winning records. That's just as far as we've been keeping track. Obviously, there's been more games played than that, but that's just how much we've been doing on the show this season. So we got the game coming out tonight, Colts and Texans. Who do you guys got for this game? This could be the game for the AFC South. The winner of this game will win the division. And the winner of this division will be one and done in the playoffs. But the winner of this game and the winner of this division is the Texans. They lost big to the Ravens. They still have some players. They have Deshaun Watson. They have D-Hop. And they'll be fine. I think that this Colts team has holes. This is the same team that lost to the Dolphins. And I think that Houston will game plan, come back, and find themselves. Give me Houston 31-27. to yeah, this is an angry Texans team coming off a game that was um, looked at the game of the week, the Ravens and Texans, that uh, ended up being the slaughter of the week. Um, I really think this is an angry Texans team. Um, earlier this season, Lamar Jackson got punched in the face during a play and still threw a touchdown pass. This is a guy who's angry. This is a guy who's resilient, and he's going to come out, and he's going he's gonna to beat this Colts team that does not have any type of formidable position group that's going to take down um, anything the Texans have. Um, give me the Texans 28-15. I'm going to go against both of you guys. I think the Colts are going to win this game. I think the Colts are going to win this division. They beat the Texans once. I think they could do it again. Jacoby Brissett, he's going to put in his bid that he is a franchise quarterback of this team. And this is a staple game for him to do it. That defense 
is better than it has been in the past. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Yes, you do have your starting running back, Marlon Mack, is out. But, you again, you can come from the well a little bit, have a little bit of faith with your team. I think the Colts are going to win this game. So now we got the Bucks visiting Atlanta. Bucks-Falcons. Uh, give me the Falcons. They've been rolling right now. This defense has been really good ever since Dan Quinn gave up the D coordinator role. They just beat two division rivals on the road. They're coming back home now and playing the lesser of the four teams. Tampa Bay coming to Atlanta. Give me the Falcons in another huge victory, 42-10. to The Falcons just beat two really, uh, well, one really good NFC South team and one rather talented NFC South team, and now they're going to lose to a pretty bad NFC South team. Um, it's just the Falcon way. Um, offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter has been very inconsistent this season, um, and the Falcons themselves have been inconsistent. Um, the Falcons haven't faced a duo like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin yet, and this defense will definitely be uh, will be exploited. Tampa Bay's defense will also be exploring this game. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. Start any Buccaneers or Falcons players you have this week other than their defenses. Um, give me a Tampa Bay shootout. Winston throws three interceptions. Matt Ryan throws three interceptions, but... Give me a give me a shootout, thirty five to thirty one. You just said don't start their defenses, but East quarterbacks can have three interceptions <laughs> and five touchdowns. Okay, I think with what you guys are saying, this game might end or be sealed on a pick six from a quarterback. I think that's going to happen, but it's going to be Jameis Winston who throws the pick six. Falcons are going to get this win. All right, now we're moving on to my AFC East champions, the Bills at home against the Broncos. Uh, give me your AFC East champions, the Bills. Very close game. Missed extra point, 20-19. to 19. Give me the Bills. Haven't been impressed as impressed um, as the Bill, uh, with the Bills as much as Justin has this season, but I'm still going to take them. Denver's still figuring out their quarterback situation. They're still figuring out a lot of uh, who they want to be and what their identity is. The Bills are pretty solid in who they are. Um, give me the Bills in a pretty low-scoring game, 17-3. to 3. I also believe this is going to be a low-scoring game, but it's still going to be a close game. The Broncos have been in every, almost every single game this season. They almost upset the Vikings. I think it's going to look like that at the beginning of this game with the Bills, but the Bills still get the win. So now we have the Giants visiting Chicago and playing the Bears. The Bears will come back a little bit here. It'll be another low-scoring game just because the Bears can't play in a high-scoring game. Uh, the Giants have a lot of problems, and Daniel Jones is one of them. Give me the Bears 17-10 Chicago. Uh, Daniel Jones has had a lot of struggles this season against adequate defenses, and now they face one of the best defenses in the league. I don't think the Giants put up many points here. While the Chicago offense is nowhere near talented, I still think they're able to overpower a Giants defense. has been very underwhelming this season. I think Mitch Trubisky has a two-touchdown game. Not incredible, but starts to at least steer this offense in the right direction this game. Give me the Bears 20-10. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Bears in this game. So now we have the Steelers coming off a loss against the Browns, but get a pretty easy opponent in the Bengals. What do you guys think? Upset of the year. I don't think the Bengals are going 0-16. I don't think so. If they're going to win the game, it's going to be against a rival. It's going to be at home. It's going to be against a team that's struggling. The stars are aligning for Cincinnati to win a football game. I think this is where they get it done. Joe Mitson's going to go off. He's going to have three touchdowns, 150 yards, and Mason Rudolph is going to throw another three or four picks. They have some injury questions with both Juju and James Conner, which are the two best players. Give me Cincinnati 24-20. to 20. I also think the Bengals are not going to go on 16 this year, but this is not the week they get their first win. Uh, this Bengals defense is 
or the Bengals team, excuse me, is the least talented in football. I strongly believe that, especially with A.J. Green not on the field. Um, Ryan Finley, when he sees Minka Fitzpatrick, it's it's game over um, as soon as they snap, the, as soon as the Bengals have their first offensive snap. Um, I don't think the Steelers score a whole lot of points just because his offense is still figuring out things as well as injury concerns. Um, but I still think Minka Fitzpatrick or one of these Steelers players has a defensive touchdown. Uh, look out for Devin Bush to be lurking around consistently this entire game um, against a young rookie quarterback. Give me the Steelers 21-10. to yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Morgan, on a lot of the points that you made. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. So now we got the Dolphins visiting the Browns. Not much more to say about this. I said it earlier, Dolphins aren't winning any more games. Give me the Browns 31-17. to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic crumbled last year against an AFC North team when he was on Tampa, and he's going to crumble. Uh, he's going to lose all that magic this year against an AFC North team in the Browns. Um, just not going to be able to do a whole lot with this Dolphins team. I mean, he's been able to make something out of nothing, but this isn't the team where he had uh, Mike Evans and O.J. Howard. This is the team where he's got – can someone remind me of a Dolphins receiver, please? Jakeem Grant? Devontae Parker? Devontae Parker, okay. Um, a relevant Dolphins receiver. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to do anything significant. This Dolphins team has gotten some lucky wins, but they're not going to get a win against the Browns team that's, um, that's angry, that's hot, and that's looking to do something – uh, looking to put up a game to direct their attention away from Miles Garrett. Yeah, I think if you're the Browns, this is every game for the rest of the season is a must-win, and this is going to be one of those games where it's not going to be too hard to win, but I will say Fitzpatrick will put up points, but the Browns will still get to win. The Panthers travel to New Orleans, play the Saints. Saints, 45-27. to 27. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Uh, Saints, 45-10. to 10. I don't think this is a good Panthers team. If I honestly had to rank the <laughs> NFC South, I would put the Panthers in the basement. They're not a good team. They've gotten away on some lucky wins and some riverboat run magic, but the Panthers are not a good football team. The Saints are an excellent football team. 45, I, I rescind my statement, 45 to 3. Saints. Wow. <laughs> I'm also going to pick the Saints in this one. All right, so now we got the Raiders looking hot so far, and they go to New York to play the Jets. Um, the Oakland Ghosts are going to come, and Sam Darnold is going to get scared. Give me the Raiders. I don't know, throw a number out there, 30-10. to 10. I don't know if anyone's ever seen a Raiders um, a, a fan base, but there's a lot of skeletons, there's a lot of skulls, and if Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts that weren't actually out there, when he sees these skulls, he's going to see some <laughs> nightmares that he's never even imagined. Uh, look for the Raiders to have a big game. Look for the Raiders to start creeping in to, um, some, to a, a serious wildcard contention after this game. Give me 35-17 Raiders. Yeah, this Raiders offense is going to look better than it has all season against this Jets defense. Give me the Raiders. Lions visit the Redskins in Washington. This Redskins team is bad. Nothing <laughs> else to say about it. Matthew Stafford's still injured, um, so it's going to be a very boring game to watch. But nonetheless, Detroit's a better organization. It's a better team. Give me the Lions 17-0. to zero. When asked about this uh, about the Redskins team, I I think I have to talk about the clip that was put out during the Redskins Jets game of Dwayne Haskins begging his offensive line to do anything <laughs> for him, and they just looked incredibly disinterested. Uh, poor Dwayne Haskins, talented guy, just surround the offensive line not doing anything for him. Uh, this Lions pass rush hasn't been incredible, but they're going to look incredible against the Redskins team that is just in flames. Not right now, not the Lamar Jackson type flames, but the type of flames that sends them to a one fifteen type season. Give the Lions thirty five to zero. I think the fact that these tickets for this game are four dollars shows the interest that people <laughs> actually have for this game. Lions get the win. Little do they know, parking will be on a thousand. I know, right? <laughs> 
And then the Jaguars visit the Titans in an AFC South showdown. I think Nick Foles is going to get this team back on track a little bit. I think Jaguars will inch a little bit closer to 8-8, eight and eight, which is where I think they'll finish. So give me Jacksonville 20-13. to uh, 13. This Titans team has come away with a lot of lucky wins this season. Uh, it's put a lot of magic together that didn't seem like it could be possible. Don't think they're going to do the same here. Uh, give me the give me this uh, Jaguars team, twenty one nine. Tannehill's looking good. Derrick Henry's going to run the ball. I think the Titans are going to get the win at home. Cowboys visiting New England and the Patriots. At least one of these two teams has to lose. Am I right? Give me the Patriots in a big win, twenty one to seven. We said earlier the Patriots uh, offense couldn't couldn't put up any many points. This is an opportunity for them to put up some points. Um, if the Cowboys couldn't do much against the Jets, um, I don't know how the Cowboys are going to look against the Patriots. I'm scared to say. Um, I think the Patriots are going to come up with a big victory here. Belichick's just going to outcoach Garrett. Um, he's going to be well prepared, um, and the Cowboys are going to be shocked. Dak Pre- Prescott's going to fall out of that MVP conversation, unfortunately, um, for the Cowboys. But I'm going to give this win to the Patriots 28-17. to This is going to be my upset of the week. The Cowboys are going in the Foxborough and getting the win. No. Packers travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers in what I think is going to be the game of the week. Easily. Easily the game of the week. This is a fun football game. Um, I keep going back and forth between who I think is going to win this game. I keep thinking about it. And if you're going to ask me right now, I'm going to say the 49ers. I think that this team had a close game against Arizona. And like I said, it's a divisional game. This is still a good team. And they're still going to play well. I think the Packers have also shown signs of inconsistency throughout the season. And I think the 49ers are going to do their game film study. And they're going to find some of these holes that the Packers have in their team. Uh, give me a very high scoring game. 35-32. to 32, Give me the 49ers in overtime. The Packers have looked good this season, but it's going to be hard to come to the Bay Area and come away with a win. The Bay Area is a hard place to play. 49ers fans are tough. 49ers fans, they're pretty ruthless. They'll get after you. And sports in general in the Bay Area are pretty incredible. Uh, I think the 49ers are going to have all the hype behind this game. And I think, like Brandon said, the Packers just have way too many holes to be able to beat a a rolling 49ers team right now. Uh, Yes, that loss against Seattle um, did show that they aren't a super team, but it still showed that they are one of the better teams in the league. Um, Undoubtedly, um, give me the 49ers 27-21. The Packers got two of the top ten pass rushers in the NFL. And I think they are going to get to Garoppolo. He's going to be shaking. He's going to throw a couple interceptions. Packers get the win in San Francisco. And the Seahawks travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Give me the Seahawks 35-27. to 27. No, 35-17. to 17. Uh, Give me the Seahawks 42-7. to 7. And I'm also going to take the Seahawks in this game. Russell Wilson's putting up a good season. And I think he's really going to compete with Lamar Jackson for that MVP in this game. And then the last game of the week, oh yeah, Lamar Jackson, we just talked about him, and he's going to travel to L.A. to play the Rams. See, I want to say that this game is in L.A., you know, the Rams have home field advantage, this and that, they're going to have a chance, but how much home field advantage is it? L.A. doesn't have a fan base there, not especially for two teams. Uh, the Rams fans aren't going to show up, they're going to not use their weapons like they should. I believe that this Rams team is a very good football team that doesn't know how to play football. Um, so give me the Ravens. They're going to take advantage of a disoriented Rams team. They're going to get a big win, another big win, 42-13. to 13. The Rams could not beat 
a good Buccaneers offense and a bad Buccaneers defense, and they could not beat a bad Steelers offense and a good Steelers defense. So I don't know how they're going to beat a good Ravens offense and a good Ravens defense. Give me the Ravens 35-7. to Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with the both of you here. Ravens get the dub. Now we're going on to one of our favorite segments here on Beyond the Blitz. It's time for way too early predictions. So we got to cut this one a little bit short because we went a little long with uh, Week 12 preview. But we're going to go over AFC and NFC Championship games, the winners, losers, and Super Bowl contenders. And we're also going to discuss who the wild card are. So we're not going to talk about division winners, just the wild card spots. So two wild card spots AFC, two wild card spots NFC. In the NFC, I'm going to get it started. My two wildcard teams are the Seahawks and the Vikings. And I believe that the NFC Championship game will see a good match between the Saints and the Packers. The Packers win it. Packers go to the Super Bowl. And the AFC, my wildcard teams. We have not a lot of good teams out there. <laughs> Give me the Bills, and give me uh, who, uh, who cares uh, Colts, and the AFC Championship game will be the Patriots and will be the Ravens. The Patriots will win it. The Super Bowl matchup will be the Patriots and the Packers, and give me the Patriots. Starting off with the NFC, um, the two wild card NFC teams that are going to sneak in are going to be the Vikings in that NFC North and the 49ers. The Seahawks are going to win that division. Um, coming in, uh, I think it's going to be a good NFC championship game between the Saints and the surprise Dallas Cowboys, who behind a good Ezekiel Elliott and decent offensive line are going to play well in the playoffs with a grounded pound. Uh, the Saints, however, are going to dominate that game because Sean Payton's an incredible coach and go to the Super Bowl in the AFC um, with my wild card teams. I am going to take the Raiders, who are definitely going to make the playoffs. I still believe they're a great team. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, and I'm going to take the Bills. I don't think anyone in the AFC South, besides the division winner, is going to make the playoffs. Um, and I'm going to take the Bills and the Raiders. The AFC Championship game is going to be between the Patriots and the Ravens and the Patriots are going to find a way to win. Patriots, Saints in the Super Bowl. Patriots are going to find a way to win. That's New England for you. For my NFC wild card, I'm going to have to agree with Morgan here. It's going to be the Vikings and the 49ers. Seahawks are going to win this division. For my AFC wild card, I am going to also pick the Raiders. And I'm also not going to pick the Bills. It's going to be the Patriots. I'm going to continue to say this until the Patriots actually win the division. The Bills are going to win this division. Case in point. Okay, let's move on. The NFC for the NFC Championship game. There's one team you guys haven't been talking about. The Seattle Seahawks are going to make the NFC Championship game, and they're going to play the Saints, and the Seahawks are going back to the Super Bowl this year. Seahawks are going to make it. They're going to go behind Russell Wilson. The defense has been pretty good. Seahawks are making the Super Bowl. And then the AFC, Patriots, Ravens. We saw the Ravens beat them once, and they're going to do it again, and it's going to be at home because... The Patriots will be a wild card team. All right, so then we got the Super Bowl. We got the Seahawks playing the Ravens, and the Seahawks are going to get their second Super Bowl against the Ravens. I feel like everything Justin just said was just one big hot take. Lamar Jackson will not beat Tom Brady in the playoffs head-to-head. -head. He doesn't have the experience for that. I'm sorry, but that's... And the Bills are not winning that division. <laughs> okay, well... 
Unless I'm mistaken, gentlemen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's it. That is it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening very much, Morgan. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show. I hope you had a good time. We went around where we wanted to be on time. Um, please join us next Tuesday for Think Fast, where me and Justin will recap Week 12 and preview Week 13. As always, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest, Morgan Pingle, and it has been a pleasure spending this time with you. This has been Beyond the Blitz. The Bills are going to win the AFC East.